Hey, Bastin. Jay and Silent Bob are coming to raid your fridge, smoke your weed, and make you laugh hysterically while they do it. How do you like them apples? Friday, October 7th at the Wilbur Theater. Catch Jay and Silent Bob get old. Grab your tickets now by clicking on the link at csmod.com. So, you're saying, yo, sir, dude, I love sir, and I want to show the world. Wear your sir love with our official t-shirts, biatch. Fishies have no eyes. Let us fuck. Jay and Silent Bob get old. The Garmy. There's also posters, action figures. There's so many to choose from. Grab your smirch at smodcast.com. Scroll down and click on Smerchandise. Catch live video clips of Jay and Silent Bob Get Old and Hollywood Babylon on the Kevin Smith blog for the Huffington Post. Huff.to slash Kevin Smith blog. That's Huff.to slash Kevin Smith blog. Yo, Red Bank, New Jersey. Jay and Silent Bob are gonna snooch to your motherfucking nooch. I don't even know what that means. Jay and Silent Bob get old. Live at the Count Basie Theater on October 8th. Special guest, tell them Steve Day. Get your tickets at CountBasieTheater.org. Jay and Silent Bob get old. Live at the Count Basie Theater, October 8th in Red Bank. Word. Want early access to tickets for Smodcast Internet Radio's metric fuckton of live shows? Join Smodcast. For just $4.99 a month, you'll get CD-quality audio of every podcast you hear on Sir ad-free. It's like watching porn without having to fast-forward through that goddamn plot. You'll also get bonus video content and other badass exclusives. Smodcast, where Smodcast goes save for pay. All the deets at Smodcast.com. Going to New York Comic Con in October? Well, Jay and Silent Bob are giving you one more reason to fangasm. Uh, you might want to clean that up. Friday, October 14th at the IGN Theater. Catch a live performance of the popular podcast, Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. Dust off that Batman costume that's three sizes too small. Or, fuck it, don't wear a costume. Just wear some type of clothing, because, you know, you don't want to get arrested. And get ready to enjoy a thick layer of gooey comedy jizz with Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes. Jay and Silent Bob get old, live in New York, October 14th at the IGN Theater. Tickets on sale now. For more info, go to csmod.com. What's going on, year 2011? Matt Cohen here from the future. Oh, shit, you didn't expect that, did you? Why would you? You live in a time where time travel isn't uh, readily available yet, nor is inter-time dimensional communication which is what's going on right now they call it intertime dimensional communication you may think i i'm not saying that right but that's what they call it in the future how would you know you live in the past and i look 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 we got off to a bad start 
Why am I, hey, why is Matt Cohen talking to me from the future before I listen to a podcast in the present, which he's on also, and why? how does he sound the same? A, uh, this shit don't crack, you know what I mean? And B, I'm talking to you from the future because I'm your friend. I want to help you out. I've been your friend throughout the last foreseeable years. I know this because I'm in the future and I know what happens. Uh, don't even ask me about television because I don't want to give out spoiler alerts, all right? And speaking of spoiler alerts, I don't want to tell you what happens with the world, but let me clue you in on something. All that money you guys are worried about, you know, oh no, Obamanomics and, and high income tax for the rich and what, oh, what's going to happen with the stock exchange? None of it matters because here's what happens in about 20 years or so. And again, I don't want to spoil the exact date because I want to keep it fun for you guys. Money goes out the window. Psh, it means nothing. We don't need it anymore. The gold it was based on gets melted down and turned into grills, and everyone wears grills now. But that that doesn't matter because everyone wears them in the world, so it's kind of devalued. I'll tell you what becomes our new system of bartering and economy in, in, in the bright, beautiful future. Comic books and comic book swag. And here's what I would do if I were you. If I had a time machine. See, I don't have a time machine. I just have... At the ability to talk to people in the past through the means of uh, podcasting. But if I did have a time machine, I would go back to, I don't know, the year 2011, and I would head down to Golden Apple Comics. That's right, Golden Apple Comics serving Hollywood for over 25 years, and the Hollywood area, of course. And you could find them online at goldenapplecomics.com on the internet, which, which still existed, I believe, in 2011. I, again, no spoiler alerts, but enjoy it while it lasts. Uh, go to goldenapple.com and just hoard yourself on comic books and, and comic book merchandise. They got t-shirts. They got action figures. They got rare signed stuff. They have crazy events where you can meet the creators, get stuff signed, and then hoard it. Because in about, oh, I don't know. 30 to 40 or so years again no spoiler alerts you're gonna want those comic books because then you're gonna use them to trade for food for your family so they don't die of dysentery which is rampaging all over uh the western hemisphere dysentery is like oh so annoying at this point with the dysentery i wish i had more comic books so i could buy goods and medicine if only in the year 2011 i'd gone to golden apple comics and stocked me up i would have been set so folks Take a tip from the future, head to Golden Apple Comics, get some comic books, get some t-shirts, get some, some mini busts, because all of those things in the future is what the world thrives on, and you're going to be in the future, huh? Exactly. That's a message from me, Sergeant at Arms, Matt Cohen. That's another whole story, but goldenapplecomics.com. Check them out. Save your future. And welcome to Bag and Board. What's going on, folks? I am Matt Cohen, and we are broadcasting live from the illustrious Golden Apple Comics here in Hollywood. As you can hear the roar of applause in traditional Bag and Boarded fashion, we've got like, I'm going to say 6,000 and a half people here, which either means 6,000 and one half person. Or 6,500. You decide. But as always, there's a gag order. I don't want to hear any of their laughter because I don't want them to ruin it for you. But just pretend that they are enthralled and crying 
and erect and all that kinds of fun stuff. But today we're going to talk about a subject that uh, has at points in my life been near and dear to my heart. It isn't as recently, and the gentleman tonight is going to uh, do his damnedest to change that and, and, and uh, try, hopefully do that for the rest of you folks too. Now, we are going to talk about wrestling today, folks, and no, not like the fucking gay, like, Greco-Roman wrestling, you know what I mean? I'm talking about, like, the manly sport where, like, 20,000 dudes cheer for a guy named Mr. Ass. No, no, it doesn't get better than that. And, uh, and, and to talk to us a little bit further about wrestling and the future of wrestling and why a guy like myself, a lapsed fan, if you will, someone gone from the faith, might be coming back. Ladies and gentlemen, you know him, you love him, you've heard him on this show countless times before. I could actually count him, it's like three but that's a lot for podcasting, so I'll go countless. Uh, please welcome back to Bag to Border, Mr. Jeff Katz. Thank you. Glad to be here. It's the the hat trick appearance. It is. I think this might be four for you. Uh, this is four because the first time you did it was on the Top Cow that's pilot that, crew That show. is true. The so pilot season What's stopped. one more than a hat trick? Uh, is there a name for it? No, there really isn't. Doesn't, hat, I guess it doesn't happen that much. Plus, plus one. They call it, they call it like a, a four, fuck yeah. A four goal game. Where they, it's just silent because you've done that Actually, good. You know there probably is a piece of hockey terminology. Like an somewhere, eagle? Somewhere there's like a hockey fan. I'm like to think I'm a hockey fan and I don't know that one. I'm getting yeah, You're a sports at. guy, right? Man, you got now we got to stop the show and research I know. That's Regardless, one more than a hat trick. Yes. Welcome, welcome back, sir. Thank you very much. Now, uh, first time you were on, I think we talked a bit about your history with the wrestling industry. I don't know if you want to retouch on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I've obviously been on your show to talk sort of the comic stuff I've done, the movie stuff I've done, all that, and the reality is that I wouldn't have been able to have done any of this stuff had I not, as a teenager, uh, spent three years working for Ted Turner's wrestling company from, like, age 17 to 20. And I was going to say, when you say teenager, you literally mean, I mean I was one in, of the teenage years. I yeah. was in high school and would leave early to fly out to go to wherever the event was, do the event, and then on a Monday, fly back and miss my Monday once a month in high school, which was great. My, my junior and senior year, basically. My junior and senior year, I was trying to find $20 for a grandma pot to hide <laughs> my brain from the world. And you were like, I'm off to fucking Tacoma. To, yeah, it would vary, yeah. It, would be, would, it, would be, it wouldn't be glamorous cities, right? It would vary, because every now and then you would switch. Like, I used to joke, you would have, I think I actually have been to Tacoma, as a matter of fact. Like one one day you would have Tupelo, Mississippi, or Moline, Illinois, and the next you would have Vegas or San Francisco, or the Garden or something. And, yeah, and yeah. Garden was Vince's, so we didn't okay, do New York. You guys, but we were at the time you they were southern. Were, you guys had the southern territory. Well, they had down. expanded because I was lucky enough. I was there at the time when the business had started to really explode, and the NWO thing had happened. And at the time, WCW was the number number one rated show on cable with. So Monday this Nitro. is nineteen ninety seven, ninety six, ninety seven. Okay, yeah, I'm hired. God, I'm hired in 96, I want to say, and the 97 was probably my key year. But that was the heyday of WCW. This was before, this was, this was pre-rock, pre-mankind, pre-stone cold. I mean, they were all at WWF, but not had hit their thing yet. Right. We, the, w, this is when WCW You guys had Kevin Nett. You had the Wolfpack. Yeah. WWE, WWE had been beaten like 80, I think it's 82 or 85 weeks in a row by WCW. Wow. I was there for that run. Wow. That must yeah. have been someone to be there for. Too, it was right? an incredible time, and it was, look, I was, I was you know, hired at 16, really, there through 17 to 18 I done and I mean uh, it was incredible it was the best training for show business I ever had at the same time I was going out getting drunk with you know giant guy, guys who yeah. I, I had watched on television so you know in a lot of ways ultimately when I when I dropped out of college to come out here and intern at new line and sort of start my, my film career uh, it was the money I saved from that business that enabled me to do it now, had you? I know a lot of people that say like they move out to LA to get involved in film, and maybe they'll get a couple jobs, and they'll quickly you lose that love 
not really the love of film, but you, you're not able to ever see it the same way you used to see it again after being on the inside. Was it same with you for wrestling after working for the company at such a young age? Were you spoiled on being a fan? It's very similar to making movies and making comics, frankly, where once you've been into it's the old adage, we see how they slaughter the cow. You know, you may, the, the way you eat the hamburger or consider it may be slightly different. I've and, seen tons of cows slaughtered. Uh, I had a cheeseburger last you know, night. I bet you did. By the, way, by the way, I'll probably have one on the way home. <laughs> uh, but, but I think ultimately, yeah, it is. You, you, you take a professional view and I certainly, I think it contributed sort of to my malaise as a fan at a certain level, which ultimately pushed me to do what I'm doing. But I think that that's natural and it kind of comes with the territory. And I, you know, frankly, on the film end, really prided myself on not losing that sort of love. And it frankly probably wasn't until the Fox years where I started to get like, oh, you know what? Once it, really the shift as everything went to remakes and, and that sort of thing that I went like, this is not what I got into this to do. So it, it's, I think it's a natural sort of, sort of deal. So after you'd worked for the company for three years, you, you'd come out to Hollywood to pursue film and work New Line and you know that you were a horror fan growing up. So that was another dream for you. Were you still a wrestling fan in the interim? Did you still watch wrestling when you got out to Hollywood at like 20 years old? Yeah, I never, I was never ashamed of it. I always felt I owed my career to it. And that so. was the cool time to watch it too. Yeah, though. it was hot. It was a big, you know. Cause that time. was when I started. Now, my story is a little with wrestling, just real quick. It was a little strange because most, I'm 26. Most of the kids my age grew up with Hogan and Macho Man and, and that classic kind of heyday Ric Flair, the little figures that didn't move, the rubber right. stretchy thingies you'd throw at people. I didn't watch wrestling at all as a kid. Um, I either, either my parents thought it was lowbrow or I just had no friends that were into it or something because my first exposure to wrestling was Survivor Series 98. My friend Varun Dat invited me over. I had nothing. Not to, the Varun Dat. Not, the, not that Varun. Oh, okay. Is there another Varun? No, no okay. Yeah. I was like, wow, I'm man. Big fan of his work. Good, good for him. I didn't even know. Varun Dat invited me over. He was ordering a pay per view and I was like, you know what? I got nothing to do. I like Varun. I'll go hang out. And I watched, it was Survivor Series 98, and I watched like 80% of it and was like, this is fucking silly, but I'm not going to say anything. And then The Rock came on the screen, and it was over. Uh, Those last 15 minutes of me seeing The Rock for the first time ignited such a weird, instant love and obsession of wrestling for me that I could never be able to explain it. Well, look, it's... It's. I I think it always, it's always one person, you always got your first fix to get you in, though. And for me, it was, it was... The people's elbow. After I saw that, I was like, I get it now. Right. I mean, I used to. It's comic books. I've been asked by people I've worked with over the years, by girls I've dated, by my parents at point, you know, like, why do you like this? And I always say to them, I said, look, as a kid, my loves were comic books, movies, and sports. And if you put the three of them in a blender, the smoothie you looks pro an awful. Squad, pro look, stars. Looks, looks an awful, no. yeah, very good. It looks like, but it looks an awful lot like, uh, like wrestling. And, um, it is at the end of the day, they're morality plays. They're tales of good and evil. They are, you know, it's, it, it is a very primal thing and it's, and it's a sport, quote unquote, that goes so far back into human history that it's, you know, even in the extension of where MMA is today, we have an insatiable desire to watch issues resolved in combat. Absolutely. And they, they insert wrestling like drama into the MMA Abs- stuff. Absolutely. And into boxing and into oh, every, absolutely. if you watch an NFL game now, you always like literally if they don't score the touchdown, the dude's kids about to die from cancer. They make you feel like at the end you know of the day. I mean? At the end of the day, fights are sold off of characters and issues. 
you always have people. There will always be a hardcore audience that's about watching the most best technical boxer fight the other best technical boxer. But at the end of the day, will that draw as much as Mike Tyson passed his prime against Lennox Lewis? Probably not. No, or Mike Tyson biting someone's ear off. Right. It said, it said well, that's a heel. Mike Tyson basically did the classy Freddie Blassie. I mean, that is. And the guys, I have to say. Muhammad Ali has done many, did many interviews back in the day talking about Fred Blassie and the Gorgeous George and the impact on these. In fact, in a lot of ways, Gorgeous George gets credit when in reality it was really Fred Blassie that, that Ali took from. But Tyson did the same. And obviously Tyson's involvement in WrestleMania is what helped make Stone Cold Steve Austin. So there's a great sort of history down even Floyd Mayweather working a few years ago. So it, it's the, the nature of the beast. And I just think it's, it's human nature to want to watch these kind of issues uh decided in that form and it just so happens that over the years it's it's gotten a more theatrical sort and of to event. boil it down simply simply it's it's so proper for dude basically yeah, yeah. i mean yeah in that purest kind of sense so you when done well now since your 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 stint with the wcw and your work in film you you'd always watched like you were a fan every week you were watching or? pretty much yeah i never but i was you know i was a guy who would import stuff from japan like i was hard you're hardcore yeah yeah, yeah yeah you were watching fucking barbed wire matches from terry F- or or more hardcore were, by the 2000s i had seen that stuff so See, you i was were, the you group were watching that saw the... fmw doing that in the mid to late 90s no yeah i saw atsushi onita in an exploding ring when i was in high school <laughs> so yeah i was ahead of the curve in a certain uh, a certain level in uh among that group and so again to your earlier question would just watch them with a slightly different eye. i'll be more about watching my friends that I, I had a lot of friends in the business watching them perform and understanding the nuances of what goes on in the storytelling of that business how was it executed oh that's a great promo oh oh that's a clearly missed spot you know and speaking of storytelling and nuances and that sort of thing what do you think has changed in in modern wrestling let's say and i guess you could call that kind of from that 98 era on right because right? Where WWF kind of changed the way every, or am I giving them too much credit? No, 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 no. They look at the end of the day. The reality is that there's no rock in Austin without the, the guys who actually. There's no wrestling boom without the NWO Absolutely. and Hulk Hogan turning. That's what started it. And Austin and Rock and McFoley and those things were a response, and coupled with the the superior production and sort of Vince's just sort of blind focus and hunger you know vince was just gonna cut your nuts off to win ultimately uh i think frankly one of the issues you find today is a like any business that kind of comes and goes but look we're sitting here in los angeles and i think we can all recall those of us that have lived in los angeles for at least five years the explosion in Pinkberry stores at one point, right? And ripoffs, uh, right. red mango, blue, yeah, fucking, exactly, all whatever, these sort of yeah, yeah. variations. And now all of those stores are gone, and like frozen yogurts, the thing again. Self serve. It's it's that weird cyclical. I mean, everything works like right. That, so with though. frozen yogurt, which was huge when I was in the eight, when in the late eighties and early nineties, and so I think it's that kind of thing that happens you know and i think that actually when you look at the the macro issue in a lot of ways that monday night war era which was you know the the, the biggest grossing era in the business's history uh when that, for those of you who don't know and i'm sure a lot of people are loving this right now well, but there's a lot of people going like what the hell are these guys but, but dude like that japanese guy you mentioned some dude just came in his pants Probably like did. i know we have a he lot had, of he had an exploding ring match in his, <laughs> pants. in his pants i know we have a lot of wrestling fans so we're making a lot of people happy right now but th- for those who don't know um the the monday night war error was basically there there are two big companies wcw and wwf or whatever well, there now were. Well, there, there were. <laughs> a few years ago, things changed. And uh, those two companies had one marquee show, and it was... Uh, Nitro started an hour earlier than Raw, right? Well, it started really... Raw was... 
basically Monday night became the battlefield to where WWF, which is now the WWE, had a long time sort of hold. They had primetime wrestling, which I watched as a kid with Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan. They changed that to Monday Night Raw, which started in, in New the, York. In the 80s, right? Uh, no, you're going 90s at that okay, point. Okay, for still. the beginning of Raw? Oh, okay. yeah. My, my first Raw is, I want to say, 94. Oh, wow. All right. Uh, and I may, be, I may be a year off. I think 94, though. 93, 94. And it was originally just at the Manhattan Center in New York. Then they began to take it live. And originally, you know, I think they would tape one and then have two weeks taped. And, you know, eventually what happened was Eric Bischoff, who was running WCW at the time, met with Ted Turner. And basically Ted Turner sort of was like, look, what do you need to compete? What's the issue? And he said, I need prime time. I need to go head to head. And basically they put them head to head in a show yeah, called Monday Night Network. Trail. I mean, yeah. And you know, more importantly, the outlet of TNT in prime time. And sort of the rest was history. And the next thing you knew, you had this real kind of Hatfields and McCoys sort of battle where the WWF, which had kind of been the untested uh market leader really for you know well over a decade at that point finally had wcw the red-haired stepchild step up and take them on not only take them on but beat them and push them to the brink of bankruptcy and it was a real genuine war that ultimately was then won by the wwe you had a merger and the whole deal see you i like the fact that you call it wwe shows how much they won because i still can't call them anything but, but wwf you know at what this I mean? point it took me a while it, right you know what i mean it, but. but it's vince vince there's only one wrestling company now it's right. it's a monopoly well i, I mean, mean and you got tna and you've got some other upstarts i mean look you have in the national scene you would have wwe which is obviously still in the usa and part of the nbc sort of universal fabric uh, you have TNA, which is on Spike TV, which does, you know, very respectable cable numbers on there. Their pay-per-view is not the same. And that's been around for like three or four years? I no, longer TNA. than that now, Okay, too. it has. About wow. seven or eight, nine, oh, wow. eight, yeah, right. a while now. Maybe even a little longer now. Uh, and that was Jeff Jarrett's company, right? It was Jeff Jarrett's now owned by a company called Panda Energy. Uh, but Jeff is still sort of in, involved in sort of the inner circle there. I love that uh, a company called Panda owns a wrestling It's very thing. odd. I know. It's, 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 a, it's a kind of a... <laughs> Oxymoron there. Right? I was gonna say I was waiting for you. I was waiting for like I the was grand waiting revelation. For the great word. I couldn't. I couldn't okay, get I was it. wondering. Did you look lost for What's a second? What's gonna happen? There? Yeah. Usually you pluck that. thing I right tried, man. I tried. Well, uh, next time I'll shoot. It's pluck. okay. I'm sorry. It happens to the best. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they they did that, and then really you have uh, you have Ring of Honor, which Sinclair Broadcasting now owns, which will be on in the Sinclair markets, and then really then you start getting into Dragon Gate and these sort of next sort of tier groups but but really at the national level it, it, to a large level as wwe goes the business goes so when that changed in the business and when the monday night war started what changed about wrestling to you as a fan or had it changed yet or did you see did you see the signs of, of what was down the road to come as it were what you led you to what we're going to talk about today well look everything burns everything burns out Okay, and look, again, we thought, who wants to be a millionaire was the hottest show on television. And then they put it on five nights a week, and you're going, of course you're going to kill that. They put on Meredith Vieira. Right, and so it just, that that happens. Um, I think that, frankly, the issue that the businesses face to a large level is the rise of MMA, no question. Which anyone who argues almost killed boxing. Uh, anyone who argues right? their different audiences is insane. And, it's just ludicrous. Well, I mean, there except for arguably Manny Pacquiao, maybe, and a couple other people. You have the one or two fights a year. Pretty much dead. Yeah. You, well, it's driven by Hispanic audiences largely, or you have the one or two big fights a year. Um, Whereas when I was growing up, there was no MMA. That was the that was what you watched. I grew Every, up. I grew up watching boxing, wrestling, and MMA. Okay. So, so I mean, yeah, yeah. there's an audience out there that likes that. That, that li- is into that blood sport type uh, thing. But not, you know what I mean? Yeah, though. bloodthirsty sons yeah, of bitches yeah, like absolutely. myself. Uh, but I think actually, if you had to look at it, the issue that they've sort of run into is 
yes, WWE is now the big game in town. They absorb their top competition at that point. The reality is the actual model of the television program and the and the way that they distribute their product in a yearly fashion has not changed from that era. And you've got to remember that a Monday Night War era is pre-DVR, it's pre-Netflix, it's pre-piracy at that level. Hulu even? I mean, yes, everything. It's a, it's a fundamentally different animal. And so pre iTunes, we go on all day. I remember, that. I remember being uh, having a bedtime at like 15 years old and having to sneak the last hour of Raw. And if I missed it, I was fucked. Like there was no, there were no repeats unless you taped it with a VCR. That's right. That was the only way, or maybe you would catch a, uh, something on a heat. They would show a recap. Maybe. Right, you weren't downloading the torrent the next no, night. No, but I was, but I was doing. Uh, I was so much, and this is funny because it continues to this day. But this was a precursor to my kind of movie site. Uh, Wanderings. I used to every uh, Tuesday Raja. It was like called Raja's Raj WWF reports. Or yes, something? I remember. And he would put yeah, out yeah. the TV taping report. Yeah, sure. So I would know exactly what was going to happen on SmackDown that week, two nights early. I do remember? That. And I would spoil it for everyone I possibly could of my friends. Uh, and now again, obviously the internet and these things. Same sort of thing. Yeah. All of this forward. And so I think actually, if you look at it, you know, people will sit there and they'll argue and say, "Well, it's PG. The characters aren't as compelling." I think it's just an issue where the model itself is kind of long in the tooth. And frankly, you know, they live in a world today where I'll just use WWE as the example because they're the number one. They do 52 weeks a year of programming. They do two top line shows a week and a pay-per-view a month. So I would just ask you, we always talk, every, every time I'm on here, we talk about the dollar to value Absolutely. proposition. It's too much. So <laughs> at $60 a pop for a WWE pay-per-view for three hours of entertainment, quote unquote, all right, that is the cost of a video game, which is a month, two months tr- plus trade-in. That's a really hard comparison to stand up to. And also, frankly, the ability to stream and pirate these things on the tube sites now is just so Everything, easy yeah. that, that it undercuts the fundamental reasoning. And so I think in a lot of ways, you've hit this kind of you know, the irresistible force and immovable object, if you will, have sort of hit where the model is in a unique place and, frankly, the audience is in a unique place because I think part of this is what WWE finds themselves trying to catch up to is the idea that the audience has evolved in terms of, if you look at the characters that have defined television for the last decade, off the top of your head, you're talking about Tony Soprano and Don Draper and Vic Mackey and Dexter Morgan and Asshole Nurse Jackie. And dark, Jack Bauer even. Right, real complicated three-dimensional people that totally. in many cases may not even be good guys. And so I think in a weird way, in the Monday Night War era, what they did, forgetting even the, the, the risque stuff, but from a characterization point of view, was really cutting edge relative to the rest of television. And now what they do from a characterization point of view, with very rare exceptions, is entirely passe compared to the rest it's, of television. And that's, I, I missed John Cena's entrance into the wrestling world. But from an it outsider who doesn't miss watch much. it, I don't get that. I don't understand how that gimmick is popular. It's how, not designed for us. That's the thing. And that, and, and wrestling used to be for us, though. Who I, is it for now? Well, Who I think is, that they made a marked move to try to lure kids and by going to PG and those things. And also, frankly, people overrate the reasoning for that. The, the, to a large level, it's about getting a better class of advertiser. It's about getting Mattel as your toy carrier. So it's I didn't about know. All of these things. WWE is PG now? TV PG. I had no yes. the same same company that was doing the uh, GTV thing where Mark Henry blew a dude. They, they had a woman give birth to a plastic hand. Uh, but again, <laughs> again, it's not even. I don't. I think. Look, I think you can. I work, think I want that to happen on every show ever. You, you can work within those confines. Very again, special in, episode with in a PG thirteen movie. You can get one fuck. You know. I mean, if it's done well, it, it can work nicely. And I think that ultimately. 
Um, the, the other sort of key issue is just very simply that by doing television 52 weeks a year, two shows a week, building to a pay-per-view a month, let's just look at this. We're, we're sitting in a comic store, okay? Now, somewhere on these shelves, I'm just going to use my own example. I'm sure the, the Booster Gold trade is probably here somewhere. Totally. Okay? The, uh, I bought I'm, them or, all. Or, or if I'm lucky, every, they're in my Jeff Catch it will be bought out somewhere. Yeah. So, but basically, it's the same principle, okay? When you do a 12-issue comic run, more often than not, in fact, it's a complaint among comic consumers now that people write for the trade. You hear that complaint a lot. All right, but the reality is that what you're doing is you're designing this so that someone could go off, buy one of these volumes, be a Booster Gold or the Clone Saga or whatever, and basically go and get a complete three-act narrative, a complete story in one, in one setting. And, and I think that basically what's happened is by virtue of doing 52 weeks a year – and that much four hours a week of pay per view a month, and you have to and you have to watch four hours a week of pay per view a month if you want to be a it, completist fan. Yes, and but that, basically, it's not like there's skippable episodes of Raw. No, I mean, I I have found that there are, but to the to, not not in the context of what they would like. Absolutely, but you know what I mean. In terms of being a completist fan of knowing exactly what's going on with the thing you like, they don't give you leeway. It's you have to. Boom! It's, right. it's, they recap the hell out of stuff, probably to an annoying point. But yes, it's it's they, and, uh, they want you watching two shows and a pay per view right. and on their website and you know yeah. And the reality is though that unlike doing a comic where the fact is you have to have generally speaking a script lock before you go to an artist, uh, they don't do that. And so what happens is continuity that that dirty word falls through the holes and I think ultimately undercuts. Your product, in the same way that comic fans will piss and moan, rightly so, about glaring continuity holes in, you know, pick your, we got to sit here all day and no, probably yeah. our favorite ones of those over the years. But it's the same principle. And I think that, like, having done horror movies, okay, all horror movie fans want, because they, you know, you got to remember, a lot of executives that make horror movies come on and they go, well, I don't like these things. I'm going to take them to space, okay? Or I'm going to, we see what happens. Space let's put them in a, is the first fucking Let's put them in a big people. city. Jason in space, homeboys in yeah, space, like. Know. Put people underwater or something. You know but what I don't mean? Don't even joke because they'll do that next. Jason underwater? I would rather watch that than space. Jason uh, fighting sharks? But th- but that's the thing Ooh, is, is you, you get that logic. Ball. Be careful. That's not <laughs> that actually. But you get that sort of twisted logic ultimately. And and I just think it leads to, you know, okay, continuity is important. And if you give them a little bit of continuity, they're going to love you for it. And I just think that it's a combination of these things that have just sort of created this point where, I mean, I just know personally as a fan, I stopped watching. You stopped watching. And, and, uh, and for and, someone like you whose life was wrestling. I haven't wrestling, missed it. I don't miss it. And that, that's, that's a glaring kind of uh, indication of where the industry is right now, I would think. So. Well, the irony is, before you go on, that actually, they, they very briefly struck onto something by doing what they were doing the story on with a guy named CM Punk, who's an incredibly talented Well, I've heard guy. of that guy, but haven't, don't very, see, I haven't watched wrestling in like 10 years. He's either. very talented. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. but I think the issue they had was they had an opportunity to do an incredibly cool outside the box storyline. Uh, that would have been actually really cool and viral, and they pulled it back within a week, and I think have, as the week's gone on, progressively undercut it further and further. And buried it. What, what was that storyline, potentially? Basically, he was legitimately had his contract up and uh, was allowed to go on the air, basically, and kind of rip the company. Got people basically said what a lot of fans have wanted to say for a while, caught their attention, and then naturally built to a great storyline where on his last match the night his contract expired, he won the title and walked out with the belt. So they did an angle at Comic-Con that was very smart, 
and then like a week or something else. And they then were doing was, angles at Comic Con. It was very smart. But That's he, genius. But here's a problem. He was back on television the Monday after Comic Con. Introduces having resigned, and he's just now another. So guy. they killed. They killed. They killed. Well, potentially cool. They might still save it, but at the end of the day, the I, the minute you have him walk down a ramp with entrance music that says "I've resigned," you take the renegade factor away. To a large level, you could still have him be somewhat, but now it's a different thing. It's, it, it's, I find this with, I'm a Howard Stern fan, right? Me too, absolutely. And I'm a diehard, I have a lot of friends that work for the show, and I'm an unabashed fan. Yet I listen sometimes recently, and Stern is pissing and moaning about his deal at Sirius, right? And I tend to look at that and I go, look, man, your contract was up last year. You didn't have to sign there. You could be you could chilling in the Hamptons with Beth right now, like that, You could have done a podcast network, owned it, and probably been the first guy to take that even beyond. And I honestly thought that's where he uh, was so going to go with it. I thought it was going to be internet. I'm shocked that he resigned. I thought it would probably be app-driven or something Absolutely, like that. Absolutely, or he'd have his own But I, it, it's the same principle. Network. You can't. How renegade can you be when you signed the contract? It's it's one thing if you're renegade. And I you're totally saying, know what you mean. Howard Howard can bitch and be a rebel and say fuck you to the man all you want, but he's the one who resigned with them. Right. When I wasn't happy at Fox, what did I do? I you quit. fucking walk. I quit because of Wolverine, which is the most badass, like one yeah. of the most badass Hollywood stories right. of all time. I quit. I said I'm not going to sit in here in terms of geekdom. Well, I'm just not going to sit here and, and you guys don't want to listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. I quit. And I know it was over like bigger decisions and a much no, but bigger that was a big thing, part of it. But I would love to think that it was literally because like they get they that was a big part of it. But there was like, a big part like, of it. That was like absolutely Deadpool. big. Like, that was absolutely a big part great. of it. Yeah, absolutely, I wouldn't have done it otherwise. No, that's awesome. But that's the point. You have a you know, put your money where your mouth is at a certain level. Now again, huge talent, probably the best bet they have to get that crossover. But again, I just think that ultimately the minute you undercut, I'm not sure they understood why the outside the box portion of it maybe caught on the way it did briefly. And now I feel like a lot of it is snuffed. Just my opinion. So, but, they, but maybe they don't want outside the box because they would have to change their entire model. I don't agree it, with that at all. I think at this point, the the they were getting the most mainstream traction they'd had and in I'd heard, a while. You know what people were tweeting about the CM Punk thing? And then, right. well, Edge retired recently, right? right? Uh, that, a couple months ago, yeah. That got, a, that got a fair amount. And that's not a hoax or a... No, that's real. That's a real thing. So every once in a while, you still see how viable wrestling is, where everyone's like, I hate wrestling, I don't watch wrestling. All of a sudden, something big happens. Look, let me ask you a question. When Randy Savage died, it was everywhere. 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 It's these guys... Uh, someone had a great... Brian Reed, actually, the comic writer, had a great okay. tweet where he goes, the closest in, our, in American culture that we have to superheroes dying is when wrestlers die. <sighs> and again, it goes to that. And look at the, and the parallels too. I mean, for people who don't watch wrestling or never have, it's, it's a live action comic superhero, except, yes. except they name their, except they name their moves. Right. Like Japanese comics too. Like I read a lot of manga, like one piece, every time the characters punch someone, that punch has a name and they say it. Right. So the only parallel would be like Wolverine being like Wolverine slash. It would be like if the, if the, if the thing was like, now I'm going to hit you with clobbering time. Yes. You know, like and he went, that was his exact, finisher. Exactly. That was his no, finisher. His finisher. Yeah. That's, but that was what was cool about wrestling. Yeah. Like not only were they superheroes, but they, they, their moves. Reed Richards names. has Dr. Doom in the fantastic stretch. Dude, come on. How did they never do that? Well, you know, I mean, again, it's why, why are fighting games, why is Marvel versus Capcom, why is DC versus Mortal Kombat? Huge. These, these are areas of wish fulfillment again. I just think it's, it's, it's as, uh, <laughs> stories told via combat just go so far back in terms of humanity that, yeah, it's, uh, we're sitting in a store in many ways driven by Absolutely. stories. I mean, uh, of combat and, and like I like the, the comic books and myself I like to think like oh you know what we're cute we're into like comics and little kid shit there are zombies and guns and like monsters and like it's it's such a violent kind of me I don't even want to say medium but the, the the genesis of of kind of our whole geek male repressed fucking thing all our zombie movies and comic books and our, our rap music and all you know what I mean no, it's all it's all 
masculine adolescence. Totally. But, but at the same time, you could sit in the middle of Golden Apple and look around and go, okay, well, you DC and Marvel and superhero stuff's over here, but then Vertigo and Alan Moore and that stuff's over there. And, and that in actuality, uh, you know, the, and this is sort of my view on, on wrestling at a certain level, it's a genre of entertainment. No different from comedy, drama. It just happens it's a subgenre. It's like black. You know, in comedy, you have slapstick comedy, black comedy. You mean like, uh, Tyler, Berry, comedy. like Tyler Berry movie? Oh, well, that's, oh, a, okay. that's, a, that's, that's a, a different slight, kind of black comedy. In the industry, they would call it an urban comedy. <laughs> okay, right on. Uh, which is the <laughs> stupidest, like, piece of... What if you're black and you're from, like, Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan? Yeah, I mean, or, or, you're, you're, or, or you're like a Laplander from Manhattan or something. You move there. It is thing of all the urban time. thing is kind of funny. I used and to sit in meetings and just cringe. Because they would say it without, without batting an eye, right? Oh, that's the code. That's like if you're Hispanic, are you Herban? I mean, it's it's just like if you're really sharp. I guess like if you wear a suit, like what's an urban? If you're Middle Eastern, are you turban? I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. it's, it's it's just stupid. And but that's the Not Hollywood a big turban PC audience in Hollywood. All. That's what it is. Uh, so so with wrestling, kind of or okay, going back to what you just said about being inside of Golden Apple Comics, and yeah, we got DC, we got Marvel, you got Dark Horse. But then you got Image and you've got Archaea and you've got Boom. You and have you've Blue got Water selling Top entirely Cow, different exactly. Kind of you got thing. so it doesn't seem like you had mainstream fans have really ever had that option in wrestling. Well, it's it, been interesting. They have had, I think, or have there been indie? I'll put you this way: I like, think except had, for the ladies of Glow, or whatever. well, you've had ECW certainly, which drove okay. this. But I would I would equate it to you like this. Let's put it in comic terms. If DC, if if WWE is Marvel. And let's say WCW or was DC. DC, and now TNA would arguably be, it's not really DC, but it's, let's say they're arguably in that slot. Okay. okay. And ECW came along and it was Dark Horse. Okay. Okay. That was kind of what you had. But now Marvel goes and they acquire DC, they acquire Dark Horse. And there's and one it's all under Marvel. So now you have, imagine you have Marvel, you've got TNA, which is sort of like, a, you know, its own sort of thing. And then you have Ring of Honor and Dragon Gate and sort of that level, which are going to be closer to like, Maybe you're like Archaea those are almost, and, and those are almost like regionals, no? Well, I mean, the Sinclair they t- deal, they, they hope, TV? well, the Sinclair deal hopefully broadens them. But again, they're in 22 markets and they're not in any of the top 20 Okay, markets. so exactly. Yeah, so if, yeah. you're not, if you're not in New York and LA, it's a tricky thing. No one's going to hear you. And so <laughs> I, you know, I think that you, yeah, you're at this sort of point where there is, and even those, I think, frankly, I'm a, I'm a fan of those. I encourage people to support them, but they're a very specific niche as well. They are what would be called really work rate driven. Which is going to be a much stronger, almost Japanese in-ring style, which is a bit more almost as sport. Kind no character, not as much character stuff. They would argue that they do do that, but it's not the level where you know WWE would say we tell stories with characters more than we're you know. I mean, it's, and I think that totally. So they are kind of different sides of the coin, though. I don't know that basically. I, at the same time, in talking about this, as we again looking around the comic yeah. store, there are still all these other brands out there. Isn't it great to do a show in a comic book store? If you get bored, you can literally just pick up a well, book too and but start it's reading. Analogous. I mean, look, comics, and particularly even when you see where comics have gone in terms of almost the unbearable mainstream, the sort of just annoying mainstream acceptance, where we all I think realize we're getting jerked around at a certain level. Uh, it's when the pandering started. Well, it's when, just this sort of when it people is. realize, like, oh, these kids have money. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? That? Yeah. And and I think that. It's that's the nature of the beast again. But I yeah, I do think that that's sort of where the thing stands and it's it's you're at that point where 
I think people saw a real glimmer of hope in the CM Punk thing. And while there are people, I think, that still believe in him, and he's an incredible talent, you have a lot more people looking around going like, oh, the steam has come out of this. Do so you think quicker. there's a large, maybe not a large percentage, but there's definitely a portion of wrestling fans who are fed up with, with the same old at this point? Well, I think if you just based on the anecdotal sort of look at the audience that's abandoned the product over the last couple of years, just in terms of their numbers, in terms of ratings and pay-per-view I mean, purchases. There's, there's got to be other people like me who, who genuinely liked wrestling at one point, and I don't want to chalk it up to how old I was or anything else. I enjoyed the product. It was cool. I think I can do that again it at was the cool. right if there, if someone, it was cool to be able to go back to that would be all. I wish I could like wrestling. I tried to watch an episode of Raw like a month ago. It's ridiculous. Well, I'll tell you something funny. Is <laughs> as a quick little aside. So this past Sunday they had SummerSlam in Los Angeles. Okay. So I have a lot of friends that work over there, and got a call Sunday from my buddy David Ortiz who works for Vin Diesel saying, "Hey, I I, I, I don't need my ticket. Do you want it?" And I have not watched now, other than watching the punk stuff on YouTube in months. And this is where my friend Neil Christian's on the champion. I watched Snooky wrestling. Well, that was the <laughs> WrestleMania. That was a while ago. And um, I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to go undercover a little bit. And really, frankly, going primarily because I want to go look at production setups. Did you put a like fake that. mustache on your real no, mustache? What I did was I did. Because I, I always wanted to do that. I had the Tiger's hat down real nice. low, though. I of course, my, you wear a Detroit hat, though, so they still don't. Oh, I wonder who that is. Well, I don't. Yeah. Please, I don't think I'm, I'm in the in the in the uh, the number of men with facial hair that are slightly overweight in that audience. Where he hats, you, you blend, you blend in. Uh, but I think that also, you know, I went in, I got my tickets, third row, opposite camera, and I'm like, oh <laughs> fuck me, that's 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 not uh, conspicuous. But basically, went down and literally just sh- uh, just sh- just shot uh, footage of camera setups and sort of the. You're mood. spying, dude. That's yeah, awesome. I'm on a certain level. That's that's what you do in production. And it's again, I had, look, I've been to how many of these shows over the years? I had a pretty basic sense no, of it. Totally. But to actually go and not watch the matches, but watch to that watch the cameras set up. And, and, and we, should, yeah. we shouldn't bury the lead well, anymore. I'll, I'll just real quick. Oh, okay, the, yeah. The point being, though, that I got done with the show, and it was CM Punk and stuff in the main event. And I have to say, and I had friends on the show and all stuff, I didn't get home and re added onto my DVR. <laughs> and so I think I've become the kind of mainstream fan. That's probably going to order like WrestleMania and the Royal Rumble, and that's it. And not watch the show, and I think that's just sort of where I've gone. So if I've done that at this point, and you were a wrestling dude, so if that's month, happening month to that, you. Look, the reality is this all happened because I just sort of realized why am I sitting here watching these shows and forgiving them and for things I would never forgive any other TV show for. When and I sort of realized. Well, that's because this is just what I've always done on Monday nights. And I had the same thing with comic books about a year and a half ago where I purged before, you know, before my relationship with Golden Apple and being able to kind of pick and choose what I liked. I was up to 60 books a week and fucking hating myself because I was just buying. How can I not buy Supergirl 182? I have one at 65 through 180. It might tie so heavily into the eighth crossover totally. of and the know, summer, bo- yeah, summer and of course event. I'm going to want to reread this issue of X-Force when I'm 70 years old uh, you know what I mean like ridiculous so I, I think it's it's hard to go cold turkey it's weird for I've really enjoyed it isn't it isn't it liberating though dude I gotta it, tell you it allows you to find the things you really loved about the the thing in the first place now when I read a comic and I really enjoy it it means that much more. It's like when you have a wine taste. It's a slightly elitist comparison to make on Bank Go for and it. That's all right. But, but you know when you have a wine taste. Oh, sure. All the time In I between them. wines, you have a sorbet to clear your palate. And actually, I do think that these kind of breaks do make you – it's like if you hadn't had pizza in six months and then that first slice of pizza when you come back probably tastes real totally. good. 
Um, so yeah, it's I found myself. We're old junkies. This is how they used to dry exactly. out. Yes, exactly. William S. Burroughs, there was no such thing as rehab. Like you dried out for a month, you came back, you dried, you know what I mean? A couple years That's later. That's the best heroin I've had. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I do find myself now really kind of, I guess, maybe in the category of transition to casual or slightly lapsed fan in a, in a weird way. And because of that, uh, you announced something on the internet a few months ago, and I know you've been heavy, heavy at work at that, and what, that's what you're here to talk about tonight. But it doesn't seem like you were willing to accept the, fa- the fact that you'd be a Labs fan, man. Well, it's here's the thing. Yeah. As I said earlier, I, I, when I dropped out of college to come intern at New Line, uh, the way I survived my first year in LA was the money I saved from WCW. So I have a tremendous loyalty to the business. And more importantly, like over the years, I have flirted many times. I think if you ask people both in film, and in the wrestling business where I've been probably the chief emissary between the two worlds for a like, decade. Did you ever write? Because a, major, a lot of people who write for the wrestling shows are, are screenwriters. No, I guys. never. I was being groomed at one point when I was a teenager at WCW to do creative. Okay. But I left before So you never got to happen. do creative. No, no I mean, I was hired by, by Eric Bischoff and those guys and sort of given like they took a concept I had created and butchered the crap out of it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that yeah. was about the extent of it to where I don't even want to take credit for okay, the thing no, they yeah. did. Because I'm actually going to do a better version of it on this. Right on. Um, but I, it was one of those things where at the same time, you know, when they first hired me, they said, what do you want to do here? And I was like, I want to be creative. That was the thing. And so I just sort of realized, you know, okay, A, I'm forgiving these shows, as I said, for things I would never forgive other shows for. And as an example, it's like if you watch The Sopranos, and let's say in season four, you started the season, and Tony Soprano is gone. There's no explanation, and Furio is the head of the family now. <laughs> Do you think Sopranos fans might have said something about it that? It might have been a bit of a uh, yeah, harsh reaction yeah, online or whatever, yeah. So I, I, I think that basically holding it to the same standards that we do these other scripted narrative genres is actually kind of an interesting idea. You're totally... I've never even thought about it like that. But yeah, you're. can you imagine if on uh, The Wire or Mad Men or something where they just drop the storyline? You wouldn't be allowed. You, it's impossible. Like, I mean, we're, oh, I mean, it's possible. It's called Lost, but that's an, well, that's a drop show. But, uh, but yeah, you're 100% right. The fact that in wrestling, there's just this cavalier, oh, it's just wrestling. Let's look at it from a basic model standpoint. Okay. The basic genetics of any story, I don't care if it's in comics, film, television, whatever. If you are doing a story based business, your, your basic genetic makeup is built on three act structure. Three act structure. Of act course. one, act two, act three, a beginning, a middle, and an end. Okay? There's no end to. Well, that's right. Look at the yeah. WWE's year. 52 weeks a year, two shows a week. Now, if WrestleMania is the end of your story, okay, here's the problem. The very next Monday night, the next night, you're on for another two hour, five minute episode of Raw, which is not an epilogue. It's another fucking You've got to restart the story that's right, right now. Pushing you forward. And I think that in actuality, this world we live in in terms of how we get our content and in DVRs and Netflix and these things have now undercut that model entirely to where, hey, wait a minute, there might be another way to do that. And so really in that thinking and in my own frustration and weirdly enough off of Twitter talking to other fans was where what we now call the Wrestling Revolution Project was born. Uh, And basically one night watching the show getting frustrated, I started a conversation on Twitter saying, hey, you know, all you guys pissing and moaning, let me give you a piece of advice. They think you're coming anyway. And if you want to make a difference, you vote with your dollar. And, you know, if you want them to listen to you, don't buy the product. Don't watch the show. And that evolved into the idea of are there a 100,000 of you that will put a dollar a piece in? And if so, I'll go out and open up my Rolodex, and I've got a different way I think I want to do this, and let's go. And so I have to say I was a gigantic – it was really done as a social experiment. Uh, and a successful one, Well, too, that was dude. the thing yeah, was I, like, I put it up on Kickstarter, which I frankly had very little faith in, to be honest with you. 
because uh, I get them emailed to me all the time. I'm like, I don't want to fund your album. Uh, and the next thing I know, <laughs> it, it worked. And I, I like I like folk electro trios as much as the next. Yeah, guy, but I don't but know that I want to. No, you yeah. know, I get a free T-shirt, whatever. But but it, you know, we started to get a little traction, and then really because your, ba- your basic idea was look, one dollar. You said you could give more, of course, but you were like, we just want if you if you believe in this idea, give us a dollar. Yeah, I basically said to people, if you would not supersize your meal for the day or skip your diet coke in the morning, we could make a bit of a statement. And so I started to get a little bit of traction. And then found that really the key was, and again, this is it's about sort of your relationships, as we've talked about before. I was going to a couple of work lunches, as you know, the, the nature of working in Hollywood is you do breakfast, lunch, dinner, and drink meetings a lot. Uh, and I was at a couple of lunch meetings, and people were like, well, "What are you working on?" I said, "Well, you're going to laugh, but as it happens, I've got this thing that looks like it's starting to get some some." And these aren't speed. wrestling people you're talking. No, to. some were laughs okay. fans, but a, a lot of not. And when I explained to them the model of what I was doing and then the fact that I had gotten distribution from Image, which came along very early in the process, far earlier than I announced it, frankly. Yeah, because I think you held uh, that secret in I knew, I, I had yeah. them lined up. The, the, I got an early note from Mark Ward at Image, who's an old friend, who's also a lapsed fan, going, I like this, let's go. And and sort of found myself then off a couple lunch meetings getting the damn thing financed. And so what we basically are doing in, in the short form is – Almost taking the the talking point that Vince McMahon and the WWE have used for years of, well, we make movies and we tell stories. Our competition's not UFC. It's, in the old days, they say NYPD Blue. But <laughs> makes you the comparison. But, you know, Doesn't it's work one anymore. Hour Wouldn't it be great if they still said that? People just I would didn't, love that. By the people way, just didn't tell Vince? It, it would not stun me if they did that. <laughs> and basically say, all right, let's take that talking point to its actual, because you don't play by those rules. You don't have that continuity. As an example, Vince McMahon gets put into a coma by a group called The Nexus. He's in the coma for nine months. He gets out of the coma, comes out, does not refer to the group that put him in the coma who are still on his shows, does not vow revenge, and it's on to the next thing. I mean, at one point, like, they were all devil worshippers and stuff. Right. Like, it's just, just, they just glean over this stuff. If, if, I, you're right. Nothing if, counts. And again, I'll give you, nothing counts. There's no reality. They just had a thing. I, cause I still follow stuff online. I'll read about what they're doing. They had a, a guy named Brian Danielson, who's an incredible talent. Uh, won their money in the bank competition, which means you get this briefcase and over the next like year. Like a ladder match or something? Yeah, and over the okay. next year, you can cash it in at any time to become the champion. So I guess Daniel Bryan, or uh, Daniel Bryan, which is his name in WWE, because you can't have your own name, uh, comes in and basically says, well, I'm going to be the first person to tell you when and where I'm cashing in. I'm doing it at WrestleMania and for the first time ever. All right, well, here's a problem. I watch your show, and two other guys have done this exact thing. So what you're basically telling me is that I... Uh, I care more about your continuity than, than, than the you people that produce do. the show. And then more importantly, you're now telling me that when CM Punk does his stuff, that now I should take that seriously, but not this other stuff. There are no rules. And in any movie, TV show, whatever, you have to have rules. And so really what I did was I said, okay, let's go off and let's A, cut the cord fundamentally and say, WWE, ECW, WCW, the Monday Night Wars, Ring of Honor, all of you, God bless you. You are in, you're on Earth One I'm going to Earth 2. Which you're, in the Marvel, you're in the Marvel yeah, Universe. Yeah. I'm building the Ultimate Universe. And so cutting the cord entirely and then saying, all right, you know what I'm going to do? The 52-week-a-year model. In the Ultimate Universe, I'm Blatino. That you are Blatino, as a matter of fact. <laughs> you might be gay, in fact. Uh, uh, who knows? We'll find the, out later. The, you probably will. Uh, but I think that uh, Donald Glover will play you in the, in the movie. Uh, the one bag, can hope. One the bagged and boarded movie. Uh, but I think that ultimately... 
I said, all right, look, let's go on and let's consider. And I think if you ask your friends and even the people that listen to this, how do you now, when someone says to you, like you and I talked about Inbetweeners as an example. Totally. When I tell somebody to watch Inbetweeners or Doctor Who or other shows I've gotten them into, how do they watch them now? You wait till it comes on TV. That's no, right. Of well, course they, not. Of course you not. They go immediately. Right, and they do it in a multitude of ways. They either do them on demand at their own pace, Netflix and blitz them at their own pace, BitTorrent and blitz it's them like, at their yeah, own pace, or they, they might buy the DVD and again blitz them at their own pace. So that's the world we live in. So all I basically did was I said, okay, here's what we do. A completely brand new universe with its own set of rules that is built on not a 52-week year, a year model and pay-per-views, but 13 episodes of complete three-act narrative. Like a television that, like, Well, even more so, yeah. like, a, like a trade paperback that builds on top of just, let's look at like Walking Dead as an example, okay? Walking Dead on the, in, in comics and The Wire on television. Start from one thing, and the world evolves and grows, and the scope opens. The next thing down. you know, you're on something entirely different, but you didn't realize it. But it's within over. the world, and totally. because once the rules are established, the audience now look again. Everyone that watches wrestling, outside of ten percent of like functionally or the people who people, think it's real, know yes. what this is. Yes. Okay. In the same way that anybody goes to see Transformers Three, knows they're watching. Do you think com- there's ten percent of people who think Optimus Prime? No, are no, real. no. But I think there are people that that would be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be but great. They, they'd save us Optimus. <laughs> but I think that there's some guy goes and just talks to pickup trucks and <laughs> yeah. goes to semis and stuff. But, I know you can hear me. Yeah, like, ah, shh, your, your secret is safe, safe with your me. Your secret is safe. Uh, you you have the Matrix of techno whatever. <laughs> um, but I think that basically. You know, like when you go to see an event movie, you know you're watching computer generated Visifax. That doesn't mean you want the director to walk out in the middle of the movie and insult your intelligence for liking this. And that's what I find happens. So I think there is a bit of tone deafness and in some ways, even frankly, a sneering kind of contempt for the audience. And it goes, you know, again, we talk about my frustrations at Fox in terms of trying to do comic movies. The attitude there. And again, you know, I used to fight this attitude. And sadly, they're right is comic fans are going anyway. Okay, we're and that's, every movie. And that's the WWE movies, point yeah. of view. Wrestling fans are coming. The hardcores are coming anyway. The guy who's watching Daniel Bryan say that and going, well, wait a minute, Mr. Kennedy and Rob Van Dam did that exact same thing. They're going, fuck you, we're getting your money anyway. And so what I'm basically saying is I will deliver 13 episodes of a complete narrative, and we'll talk about, I think, the key tonal differences in a second. But basically, all of that stuff, no pay-per-view payoff, all contained uh, in the same way that you would watch Dexter, Mad Men, whatever, all for less than half the price of a three-hour WWE paper. And with a beginning, a middle, and an end. A complete guaranteed like, narrative, the same way you would get. If someone just said, hey, I'm going to plot, a, you know, someone, when you do Watchmen, and Alan Moore says, I'm doing a 12-issue run, and that's all I'm doing, you get a complete beginning, a middle, and end. You may not like the, you may say, an alien invasion thing, and well, Rorschach's dead, but you get a complete beginning, middle, and an end. And that is so much better than you usually get these days in that business. I mean, they have a mystery general manager, which is basically a Mac it's laptop. It's who calls on a cell phone. I've seen that, They've too. They've been doing it for a year with no end like, Hold on a minute, buddy. The mystery manager wants to say Wait, something. And he you, types into a laptop for a minute. Do you think they have any idea where they're going no, to pay that off? No, they have no fucking clue. Absolutely not. I mean, and the even, audience knows. Even when I used to watch, you know how many drop storylines I can personally remember where every week it was the entire character. There was that GTV thing. Mm-hmm. Where it was for like six months, there was black and white surveillance. It was supposed to be a gold dust payoff. It was and supposed it never to be gold was. dust, and then it was supposed to be Grand Grail. I switched. They, I think they switched it to behind the scenes or some shit, and they just dropped it. It never happened. Everything you've watched, and everything we've spent money on, and everything you've put your hard-earned time and free time into, fuck you, forget about. That's it. right. And so, at a certain level, what I'm saying is, keep your Marvel, keep your DC, keep all those things. I'm going to go and I'm going to go be Vertigo. I'm going to go be this different thing. And so what I sort of said was, all right, I've got my structural model. 
I think that in and of itself really kind of an innovative thing, fun, and a reason to do this. But then also, frankly, so it'll from be a, a season. Like it's it, flat out. It's a season of television, the same way you would get a season of Dexter, Mad Men. It's the it's premise I wrestling. did this. It's genius. The and premise I did this under was basically: what if HBO or Showtime said we want to take this famous genre of television and do the HBO or Showtime version of it? That's dude. That's it's such it's such a good move. Wrestling yeah. for intelligent people. That's kind of the idea. And and so that comes down to characterization and frankly, allowing me the virtue of doing the deal with Image. Was I went to Matt, to Mark Ward at Image. I said, look, man, I don't want to play Vince McMahon's game. I'm never competing with them in terms of their cash reserves, their scale of spectacle, 35 years on television, the brand equity, whatever. Don't even bother. That's TNA's grand mistake is looking like WWE. Try to compete. By cutting the cord and creating entirely new characters, there will not be a single reference to anything that goes on in WWE or before that. I don't, they don't live in my world. Okay. By doing that, it allows me to go off and now with Mark and Image say, I don't need television because the reality is the bulk of the audience that we need now gets their stuff on Netflix, Hulu, iTunes, BitTorrent, and, and still DVD if they need to. And so Image, to their credit, was very forward thinking and said, let's do it. Let's circumvent this whole thing. And what that's allowed me to do is I can go unrated, which lets me deal with which themes. huge. Wow. That's, I didn't that's even right. think of that, and it's not, And I don't think it's an ECW thing because that ship has sailed that day is over. But it's about characterization. Yeah. Yes, it's about dealing with themes of race and class. Dude, it's and, so, there's and so many politics. Par- and, there's so many parallels. Yeah. Dude, the, you know what got me single-handedly back into comic books? Identity crisis. Because that was darker relative. Was, I, I was the, like, oh my god, they're making comic books for adults now. I, I, I you know what I mean? This seems like that. Do you buy Gene Loring sneaking in, stealing the Adams stuff? And, I mean, maybe uh, not. That's a whole now, separate but, show. But, probably, but, 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 but yeah. yeah. But, but in terms of just a, a new entree into that thing and you worked. used to it love, and it worked. In terms of, I don't have to be embarrassed about liking this anymore. It's smart now. It's it's not it's it's made for me. I just think look, I think it even comes down to what you do musically. And I think if you watch a lot of WWE as an example, or wrestling in general, your previews are usually gonna be like new metal, guys doing flips. Kid Rock and, ten right, years after know, Kid Rock was right, was uh, Right. And and I around. think that I will I will not knock a fellow Detroiter, but the, I mean I'm a big Kid uh, Rock fan actually too. But I think that uh you know, if 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 you look at what they do as being kind of new metal, I'm trying to go a bit more like I'd rather have Arcade Fire and the National and the editors and and kind of a, a post punk M eighty three kind of thing. I mean, you're with me in Turntable F. Absolutely, you know we're my over taste. there all the time. So yeah. I'm looking to do something with a bit more mood. That really, I have to say, is quite a bit darker in tone, maybe than wrestling's been presented. But that's smart, though. Complicated. I I think um there's there's definitely a good percentage of people. Who would like to like, would remember liking wrestling passionately when they were a kid or even later in life and are looking for an excuse to get, to get back into it and, and, and. Yeah, I think if you say to them it's wrestling that's explicitly for adults, but not by, not explicit. You know what I mean? But not adult, not adult in that, in that quote, adult with a capital A thing. When I said that to a lot of my peers when I first started recruiting adult wrestling, a lot of them were like, we mean like ECW. I said, no, guys, that day is over. Putting guys through tables and women. Trash cans and shit. I mean adult in terms of mood and tone and sensibility. In the same way that HBO is adult, it would, I'll put it this way. I'm looking to be mad men to WWE's two and a half men. (laughs) And that means I'll never do the level of business or of the level of ratings, but I can carve out a very nice niche for myself by doing a real esoteric kind of subversive product, and that's what WRP will be. Wes, and that's wrestling. That's Re- the aim. Assuming I don't screw the whole and thing. And that's up. wrestling revolution. And where are you at in, in in the process right now? We began announcing cast on Monday, oh, so get out of here, um, dude. I'll be shooting. I haven't revealed where yet. 
We shoot in October. It is going. So and now, in terms of cast, are any of the wrestlers going to be people we've seen before, or are you looking for mostly this, new talent? I did this very in a kind of a fun way. I, it is going to be as an intentionally eclectic because in all of these cases, I cast to specific characters. I have the characters in mind already. And let me ask you real quick before yeah. the arc, the general arc of the season, it's all you, you're the creative behind this? Yeah, I mean, I'm sort of you the wrote Vince, the... if you will. Okay, uh, well, are you going to be on screen? No, hell no, oh. absolutely not. That's a mistake. That never, <laughs> a, a, I'd probably be really good at it. Uh, as a bad guy, I could do that character easily. Yeah. No, it's always a bad idea. When the owner of the company or the guy in charge does that, Look at Vince. Vince did it. Turn back. I hasn't gotten off television since. Uh, I mean, his son had to quit the company right. to get I mean, off television. Uh, TNA yeah. Dixie Carter is a lovely woman, but the minute they put her Twitter address on the show, <laughs> it's over. So, no, I think that, you know, I'm not going to say that in five years' time if there was a point and a place to do it. But to me, I think if you look at what I'm doing, I, I'm trying to take the the stereotypes and the the stuff that we see turn them on their ear and really, in a lot of ways, I'm telling an origin story. I am trying to establish a status quo as to what makes a man a heel, what makes a man a baby face, what, what flips these, what brings a man to this place. Now with all the emphasis on story and tone, there's still going to be wrestling, right? Like, oh, it will a be a fundamentally wrestling a, show. It takes place in a wrestling it's a, it will, it's a, I think that people, when they see the first four episodes, the first act of the show, will go, wow, this is just deceptively simple and familiar. I'm really in many ways taking the classic old WWF superstars taping model or the WCW Saturday Night taping model that I grew up on and mashing it up with independent filmmaking. And so what I did is I reached out to a bunch of my peers in Hollywood that were all lapsed fans, and I said, look, here's what I want to do. And I kind of started to put together this, like, murderer's row. And it's so, cool to see how many people really were lapsed fans. It's crazy. Right? So yeah. getting, like, Brian Tyler, who, you know, scored Bubba Hotep, which is one of my favorite scores oh, totally. ever, but just scored Fast Five and scored, you know, big-ticket movies now coming in to do my music. That's huge. Uh, Gary yeah. Frukoff, who did Shoot 'Em Up With Me, was Steven Soderbergh's production designer, did The Limey, which is one of my favorite movies. He's my production designer. My, my art director works on Raising Hope. Um, you know, and when you see, like, I, I, can, I will not reveal it here, uh, when you see the Hollywood hybrid casting I did. Okay, I can't wait. It's going right. to be cool. My, I'll tell you off the air okay, uh, yeah, one yeah. of the pieces. I am convinced you'll shit your pants. Uh, in the best possible way. I do. I love shitting uh, my pants. So. But I will say that, yes, the cast, when it comes out, the way I'm doing this is, starting this coming Monday, you're going to get a name a day every Monday through Friday for the next, like, four or five weeks. Oh, wow, dude. And <laughs> so every day at 12 p.m. in the east, 9 a.m. in the west, it'll update. And I have them coming in in really a very intentional Un, like an unintentionally, inten, or intentionally unintentional order, where I want one day I want people to go, oh that guy, and the next day I want them to go, that guy, yeah. and the next day I want them to go, who the fuck is that guy? And it's going to be like a, that guy, right, like they a, actually knew him, a really eclectic mix. And again, even guys that you may recognize that have worked before, and I made a point to try to get fresher faces. Uh, with, with a few exceptions that were intentional, and even those I think are still kind of exotic, they've all agreed to come in and be reinvented entirely. I said to all of them, look at this like you're an actor coming into this. And in fact, even how we're handling pre-production is much closer to a film pre-production track with workshopping this with the performers than it would be to classic wrestling, where frankly, in a lot of cases, you're ripping up script the day of the show. So it's a bit of a hybrid. So, so, so we're at it. We're at an exciting place now where the cast is getting announced. When, when shooting, uh, mid-October, I'll announce the date and location. Oh, so you're close, dude. Uh, I hope certainly if you're free, you guys are obviously Absolutely. welcome. Oh, I'm dude, being I'd the love cast. to, yeah. Even how we're doing the audience is a little different. This is again, a bit closer to a movie. Okay, very, very, yeah. very curious on that. So, w what would you say to now? You've got me, obviously, right? You got, you got. I had you at hello. I mean, yeah. 
That was obvious. You have you had the lapsed fans. What would you say to a cat who, who is loving WWE right now? Well, I would simply say to them, if you like wrestling already... Do you think there's cross... I mean, yeah, you're just putting on wrestling. I'll put it this way. I know who my roster is. So if you like wrestling and you're just like a wrestling fan, I got enough guys on there where I'm kind of, Again, you know, as I said to you, in a weird way, they're the audience I'm kind of the least because I know I'm a fan. So I wouldn't cast guys that I didn't think I would like. And I know that my taste is specific enough that I have to think I'm not knowing a couple of the guys, particularly that I'm importing from you know outside other, of the United you, you States. You think you're bringing some ringer? Okay, yeah, that I was just think a of two or three right guys there, automatically yeah. that I'm imagining most hardcore fans are going to be quite happy. About. All right, man. So, but again, presented in fundamentally different ways. Now, do you think you pull in any non-fans? Complete novices. That's what I'm much more interested in. I'm much more interested in someone who's playing, never watched a wrestling. Yeah, match I'm in much their more life, interested yeah. in playing with taboos and with sort of darker social themes and stuff. So that you may hit an audience that hasn't sampled this so that they might understand. Because, look, I've been asked over the years by people I've worked with, by girls I've gone out with, by, why do you like this? And and I'd love to say to them, come over on a Monday night and let's watch Raw and I'll show you. But I can't because I'm not guaranteed it's, it's not a, a night where, where like, Vince <laughs> yeah. McMahon's going to pull his pants down and have a grown man kiss his naked ass, which he's done on at oh, least five multi- or six multiple occasions. occasions. And like giant grown men right. too. Like, weird. I'm sorry, guys. I don't, I don't, that's not appealing to me on television. Like Vince is a billionaire or he was for a while. I yeah, he's, look, he's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Dude gets beat up and like rips his shirt off and screams like a maniac on television every week. I, I, like, I worked for Bob Shea and I find them to be so similar in a lot and bob was my hero growing up but i'm again look when variety bob never threw on the fucking freddy claws though and... no 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 although maybe after a tequila better, no, yeah you, know. you never know uh, but i think that it's the same thing that when you create something and you are the creative engine of a thing you built from the ground up to a large level you get insulated and frankly it's the same thing that happened to bob and i said it's a great love for bob uh by the end it just becomes a case where you know you made that joke earlier about wouldn't it be funny if they actually said nypd blue i don't think it's that far off that they have no idea what the rest... There's a very famous story in wrestling that uh, Vince McMahon didn't know who ACDC was until the year 2000 when they were on SNL <laughs> with The Rock. He said, these guys are great. Who are these guys? And I mean, we're making fun, but... Dirty Deeds, Dunder <laughs> Cheap. Wow, how far is that tracking? I Can mean... we get a new theme song for right. uh, Test? Who's dead now? Big I Balls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but to that, to, that same, to that same point, though, in terms of... Uh, where, where am I going here for a second? I don't know. You I, I completely lost. Bring it, it. back no. around. It's okay. I'm trying. I'm trying. We'll find it. We'll Wrestling. find it. Wrestling. That's what we're talking about today. Right. Yeah. No. And then uh, Vince and bare naked ass getting kissed. Bare naked. What? Big ball. Big oh no. Balls. AC, okay. Excuse DC. me. AC. There we go. We found it, guys. I laugh and I say, oh, you know, oh, how out of to- touch they are and how to tune they are. They're on the road every day out of the year, right? For the most part. I mean. Yeah, they, they are incredibly insulated from the. Yeah, rest but the, of your the job world. is to hire people to keep their finger on the pulse of stuff. That's like, I'm sorry, studio executives, the head of a studio. And he was those two old dudes, Pat, whatever, and uh, yeah, I, it's, <laughs> look, I have I have a tremendous amount of respect for Triple H. He's a senator. I know him. I put him. He in became a, a instrumental part of WWE. He's right? going to take over the company. He uh, really did marry her in oh, real yeah, life. That's real. Oh yeah, that wasn't a gimmick. Oh, that's okay. real. Uh, or either that, or it's the greatest it's work the greatest in the history of all yeah. time. Uh, that's a work that involves three kids. Uh, and so, I mean, I put, I, I, I was pretty cake. integral. Wonderfully casted in, children. Yes. Uh, I played a pretty big role in putting him in like Blade 3. Like, I, 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 you know, I'm a fan of him. And I dug him in Blade 3 um, too. Yeah. But I just think that 
again, they're in a different place. They're trying to build a TV network, and so they're in the business of accruing content. Uh, when you say network, didn't they announce that recently? Where Vince they're going to try. They're definitely they're, they're, they want their own TV network. Oh, they've kicked, they've kicked G4's tires. I, I think that deal may happen. I mean, that's where they're going, and so it's about accumulating content for them. Uh, and so it becomes a slightly different animal. Now, obviously, they have to maintain a certain level, but it's about hours they can use to fuel that network and their licensing machine. For me, it's a different game. I've got a $100,000 budget, so my margin's not gigantic. My my suspicion is I've got the image deal already. I've had you know several sniffs to be sold worldwide. Um, you know, it doesn't take a ton of worldwide sales to get to do season two. So for me, I almost look at this in a certain way like a comic writer who can return to a universe that he created. It's like if Mike Mignola kills Hellboy, obviously, as we just read about, and now he says, say he wanted to take a two-year sabbatical and then come back and write Hellboy again, people would be excited to have him return to oh, Hellboy. It's, it's Stephen King doing the New Dark Tower. Right, exactly. So to me, I'd like to be able to do that at the bare minimum to where it's a universe I can return to, you know, hopefully once a year at the minimum, uh, to go in and tell stories in. And again, by virtue of establishing my own rules, do things creatively that adhere to my rules that are still just fundamentally different from what you get on these other shows. So, yes, it's a wrestling show, but I also hope it works at a slightly deeper level. Now, in terms of the wrestling, how, how big is your involvement with the actual fundamentals of the match? Well, big. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I have agents that are working under me and they'll be revealed in that same daily call. I'm very proud of the guys we got for that. But you're running, uh, you're running. So not only I mean, are you I'm doing, Vince at a certain now, level, but, right? but Vince, yeah, I guess. So, but Vince with a better hairpiece. Vince doesn't. Yeah, Vince doesn't work the actual matches though, does he? Or he? Vince lays out. Vince is. Does Vince he really? Is, look, look, he is a savant. He, you know, he's look. It, it's it's. He's, there's a great dichotomy to him. He's the most successful promoter in his history of his business. He's also left more money on the table than anybody else in the history of his business. And that's that great sort of double edge. In terms of, of in terms of opportunities to take it to a place where wow. he didn't. I mean, the WCW WWF feud. Goldberg would sit here all day and do this. Even look, the CM Punk thing may end up being that. Let's say I don't think it's over yet by any stretch, but let's see what happens. And so I I just think that so I have great respect for what they've done. But at the same time, like, you know, there are people in the world that like Coca-Cola and there are also people in the world that might want to get squirt. Yeah, those are weird. Derek, right, those Derek, weird. Derek Armijo is they, they might want the Barks tonight. Root Beer. Oh, totally. Some people drink Fango. Or Fago. Fago. In fact, I went to Coney I, Dog. I, drink Fago I went to Coney, Coney Dog, Dog, and yeah. there's 80 million kinds of it. That's Detroit. I was that's like, either they do. serve to cats or juggalos in here, that's and it. that's, that's it. a big juggalo cats crossover. <laughs> yeah. um, Not the only one, in fact. You know, but yeah, yeah, it's it's so it's just the thinking that you know there's plenty of room for Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman just in the same room. There's John Co- room for John Constantine and Swamp Thing. So what, what's, what's the, the short-term goal? What's the... The short-term goal is like an independent filmmaker to make the best movie I can make. Just the product, just to All get right. it out there. That's my attitude. You, an independent filmmaker goes to make a movie because they want to tell a certain story, they have something they want to get out. Then you just hope you get distribution. Well, I'm lucky enough, I've got distribution. You jumped the gun on that, right. so we're not going to have to worry about seeing so it. So you know you're going to be able to see it. So at the end of the day, for me, it's doing the best, po- best product I can humanly do, tell the most compelling story I can do, and take chances because again, there's just no point in look. I don't have to do this. I got other shit I could do with my time. Yeah, and may, I'm going to talk about know, in a minute. You got and, some other and, shit. And I sure, think yeah. that ultimately, if I'm going to do this, uh, the only reason to do it is to make it look different. I mean, this has been a full time job. This has taken over my life. 
It is like mounting a production. There's no difference. So for me to go through all of this, on except this, totally, except you're right. It's an independent, completely independent production. It right. Seems and like, uh, look, the fact of the matter is, with no I, precedent. If I didn't have my Rolodex, there's just no question I would not be able to pull this off. I've been able to call in favors, and frankly, technology's in a place now where you can you can cut corners. You can shoot, I mean, uh, you know, but yeah, I I it's it's been a full time job. It has like pushed a bunch of my other stuff just because it's it's like pressing it's coming in october i gotta go but to me i i just want to do something that people can look at and they might say look i'm not gonna sit here and tell you i can't fuck the thing up but i want people to at least look at it and go you know what it's different you tried yeah it's different it's not like it's not like wwe it's not like tna it's not like ring of honor it's not like dragon gate it's not like anything and i think when people see the roster at the bare minimum Yes, there are going to be people that are going to be like, who the fuck is that guy? And that's why I hired those guys. Because that, I want to break people. Show's different right there. I want to break people. I want fresh faces. And I scouted real hard and I took a lot, I looked at a lot of stuff. How much fun have you been having doing this, dude? It's the most fun I've had working on something in a long time. Even though it's, I'm sure you're fucking harrowed and busy and don't sleep, but how much, I mean, you got to be loving it. It, Look, it's a creative outlet. You get to build your own fucking universe. Yeah, and I think when you see the rules I'm going to set, it's a different set of rules from WWE. That's really it just cool. is. So I get to do some things, and again, like I tell you off the air, some of the castings. I just, I think it's going to have enough for wrestling fans to get excited about, while also hopefully translating to people. Again, I think you go to the average comic reader, and they will understand the concept of twelve issues with their own three act structure and good building bad a larger guys. twelve I mean, issue yeah. three act structure. It's the same principle. I'm just doing 13 instead of 12. <laughs> now, same principle. Uh, shooting shooting starts in October. Um, where can people follow all the developments and updates? Now, you uh, started a, a Twitter feed for... Yeah, the, the, I, I, we're, what we're going to do, it'll launch. we'll be announcing the casting stuff in a couple different spots. Okay. So you could go to either geekweek.com will have it, wrestlingrevolutionproject.com will have it, Twitter's at Cat's Money or at the WR Project. Okay, that's that's the wrestling yeah. feed. Every, it'll yeah. be announced on all of them. Okay. I, will, I, will, I will whore it out. Across my entire social networking platform. But that's dude. so. The next four weeks, every day, at a probably certain... longer, probably five. Wow, dude, you're gonna that many. That's a lot of talent. Too. Well, it's wrestlers, it's the agents, it's other cast. Oh, so it's everyone. In, so it's not it's not fifty fucking wrestlers. Or no, whatever. but it's I mean, twenty some. Dude, that's big. Not, to start off, yeah, right off the bat like that. That ain't bad. Well, if you think about it, that's actually you got to remember it's not as many as you think because they got a feud. No, that's right. They're not now, masturbating. They actually have to work with other people. Wouldn't that be great if they were just masturbating? There's probably a market for that, sadly, yeah. as well. I, I'm going for slightly less mature yeah, yeah. market. Now, this is a weirdly specific question. I don't know if you want to answer, but uh, like DC is doing in the next uh, few weeks where they're relaunching everything, and we're still not quite positive on the details yet, when Wrestling Revolution launches, is this universe brand new for everyone? Does Will any of these characters had known each other? No, it's brand new. It's, I, br- it's an origin story for it's everybody. It's an origin story. Yeah. There's no con- there's no past continuity. No. It's not No, 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 no. I think the minute you do that, you set yourself up. The minute you say the words WWE or don't I know you from or remember back in 1996 when, I'm not interested in that. Cutting the cord on that entirely. And that's why I say Earth 1 and Earth 2. Now that's not to say that down the line if there was business, the Earth 1 and Earth 2 crossing over could oh, it be happens, interesting. It happens everywhere. But not for a long Get time. Get the Beyonder in there. Right, that's why watch man. out. Yeah. We have Secret Wars and now the, <laughs> mo- the anti-monitor has run amok. But I think that, and as some only the two flashes can, can say, <laughs> uh, but I think that at the end of the day, having the rules, I think that audiences will accept it. I just think people are, they understand what this is, and as long as you say, here's what it is, it's our world, it's skewed yay slightly, 
Uh, you know, they'll go with it. Just don't disrespect their intelligence. That's awesome, man. And so that's Wrestling Revolution. We're all really excited Thank about you. that, well, thanks dude. Thanks for letting me plug. Um, no, no worries at all. And again, everyone will follow you on Twitter at Catch Money and, yes. the, and uh, the Wrestling... The WR Project. The WR Project on Twitter and all the websites. And I'll, I'll pimp out some other stuff. But you are a busy man. Do you have any other stuff? Like you said, you put some stuff on the back burner. I mean, I still got movie scripts stuff. We have you got like with a Stephen movie development and right? stuff like that. What, what, wait, what, I can't what, talk about it yet. But like a you just dropped the name, sir. Yeah, you'll do. The... I will. That will come shortly. But I mean, yeah, I, the biggest thing right now has been like probably to the end of the year. This will be the thing. The wrestling because, revolution. Yeah. I mean, look, you got. I've got to shoot it. I got to post it. You got to remember, you're posting this like a movie. I'm not cutting. I'm cutting the matches. Yeah. So I'm not shooting it like TV with guys oh, in a truck. You're cutting them. I'm cutting ah, the matches with camera angles and stuff. Yes, I'm, and coverage. I'm starting to like this well, idea. Remember, more. wrestling. The thing that makes you able to do it in the limited schedule I have is the arena itself is really one setup, and you can go boom, 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 boom. That's right. Boom, you just boom, boom, keep boom, sta- boom, a, a five cam setup or whatever in stationary it's positions. Pretty basic. And so I'll have certain transitions, and I'll certainly have to get. So look, I'm scoring this, dude. Yeah. End credits. <laughs> When I announce the guys, I'm announcing them under their real name, not their gimmick name. I'm trying to make a point. And that was, and that, maybe that went a little bit back to my question that I didn't phrase it well, but like, I was thinking like, okay, let's say you have a character like The Undertaker. Are we going to know that he's been dead for, th- but you're doing no. this real. These if are real I, people. I, the whole reason I couldn't hire Steve Austin unless Steve Austin said, I want to remake myself. There, uh, no, it's, I will not hire are, The Rock. I will not hire. We're going to no. know these are all real human beings. We're going to know their real names. We're you're going you're to know them the same way you know that Matt Damon's in a movie called Contagion. All right, and then shows up in, in in another movie, you know, two months after. Totally, as opposed to uh, thinking that those are you, you're right, that you're, you're only that to, guy. You're playing to the intelligence. To me, the audience. laziest thing in the world, and again, I, I have a lot of friends who work at TNA, but I'll use this as an example, which is to basically have them go. All right, there's a guy named Mr. Kennedy. He gets fired by the WWE. He's a very nice guy. Gets fired by the WWE. Goes signed by TNA. They say, okay. You're not Mr. Kennedy because they own that name. You're Mr. Anderson. And you're going to do your same gimmick. We're going to change your music about five notes so it's basically the same thing. And basically you're the same. And no one will know, right? That to (laughs) me is – and it's not a knock on any of those guys. I understand why they do it. That's what I don't want to do. I much rather take someone and invent them entirely. And I think you, what you hit on earlier as a fan, you 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 accept that from them, or you did at least the fact that yeah, they'll just recycle a character and put a new wig on him or something, and it's we're supposed to believe it's a brand new human being with. I just sort of like so the guy shows up and he's got a two Z's. Taz has two Z's instead of one. (laughs) I just think it's much more interesting, and I have to say that the talent has fundamentally understood it. I mean, I've had I've, you have outliers that don't get it, but they get it, and they've been like, look, I just want to do something creatively interesting. So there will be a couple there where you may have guys who have a little bit of baggage, but I think you'll be surprised, and in a lot of cases, I'm I'm enjoying being able to cast against type as well. You can remember, I put Paul Giamatti as an uh, assassin, so and we, I like casting In a movie I time. love, too, so, I'm, I like so I'm very excited time. for that, this. That gets dude. me yeah, off. Yeah. So. Is Paul Giamatti going to be in this, too? No, although he's he likes wrestling, so I'd love that conversation. Yeah. Uh, Everything. I'll, I'll see if Coscarelli will come down. Yeah, that would be cool, too. Jeff, thank you so much My for pleasure. stopping by, dude. Thank you, as always. No, dude, I, and again, uh, Jeff, you can always check out uh, Jeff does uh, as... Um, well, even my Geek, Geek Week, Week. I, I'm doing them less and less because I don't have time. Because of your podcast. Yeah, go to geekweek.com and it's got the whole setup up there. But realistically, I'm, I'm, this I is I saw some complaints on Twitter today that, that you were, you were laxing, lapping on the uh, podcast a little bit, sir. It's like, what's, what's, I hate to tell you, there's Priorities, only so many kids, hours right? in a day. Yeah, yeah. And again, I don't know that people understand this is like mounting a movie. It is very, very similar. 
quite an hour. Or, or a self-sustaining wrestler or a brand new wrestling company, which might be more daunting than a movie in well, my mind. Know, like, again, the reason why I call it a project instead of a promotion is I'm not doing house shows. I'm not doing pay-per-views. I'm not built for that. It's closed. It's a closed filming, right? It's, uh. it's entirely for people to watch as an at-home product. And again, at your pace. So you may want to say, hey, I'm going to watch every Wednesday night and make that my wrestling night over 13 weeks of WRP. Or you may want to take it and blitz it in a weekend. I believe that you have that right as a viewer to decide how you want to do totally. it. Totally. I mean, I, there are people, there are, there are, I have a lot of friends who I'm like, hey, did you see that show yet? And they're like, no, asshole. Yeah, I have, a, I have a life or something. Or no, the opposite. And I'll, I'll give them a DVD and I'm like, how, how caught up are you? And they're like, dude, I watched two episodes. Like, I have a job and a wife right. and kids. And I'm like, how do you not stop and start a box set? From right. But <laughs> they then might in a weekend go and what's 10 episodes. Totally. So it, it all it all depends. And at least with this, people get to, to view it how they want to. You have the option. Dude, it sounds so cool. And it sounds like there's going to be uh, – I'd definitely like to have you back on once Anytime. it gets a little closer, dude. Done. It seems like there's a lot more to well, talk as about. as I said, please come and be in the – the way we're doing even the fan stuff's a little different. So come be in oh, the Oh, I'm cast. down. Oh, you, yeah. you will see me there. Uh mm. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Katz, Wrestling Revolution. Thank you, Thank you very much. Thanks sir. for having me again. No please. worries. Uh, so that was that from from my silly ass over here. That's uh, some exciting stuff going on with Mr. Katz. Well, always a pleasure to hear from him. Uh, we got some really cool stuff coming up at Golden Apple Comics, folks. Some really cool stuff on the Smod Network, as always. Check out my new gig, More Stories. Uh, Matt Cruz over here looks a little tired. Are you tired, Matt? Let's say hi to Matt Cruz, everybody. Hello, everyone. All right, that was Matt Cruz's moment of moment of glory for the day, dude. You soared too close to the sun on wings of wax, and now I gotta go home and go to sleep. And that's my only segue. I'm out of it, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Until next time, I'm Matt Cohen. It's been bagged and boarded. It's been real. What? Bagged and boarded. Live. Sneak attack, pimp corner. What's going on, folks? First off, I just want to thank Mr. Jeff Katz for making another triumphant visit to Bagged and Boarded. Uh, if that wasn't the pump handle slam of all podcasts, I don't know what was, folks. For more of him, you could check him out online at, at @catsmoney on Twitter and follow all the Wrestling Revolution Project updates as they come. Remember, every day for the next few weeks, uh, Jeff's going to be dropping a new uh, cast member for Wrestling Revolution, so definitely check that out. And again, thank you to Jeff Katz. You could also check out his website, uh, geekweek.com. For more of me on the internet, uh, mosey on over to Twitter. I'm at cameltoad, C-A-M-E-L-T-O-A-D. I've also got more stories popping off with everyone's favorite Mr. J. Moore. Check out my website, cameltoadproductions.com, for tons of daily updates. A lot of new exciting things coming up. And uh, other than that, folks, thanks again to the fine folks of the Smodcast Network, purveyors of all things Smod, and the fine folks at Golden Apple Comics, purveyors of all things Golden Apples, and uh, comics. Yeah, that'll work. Have a good week. Find more funny shit like this at Smodcast.com.